The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. All right, doing our recap for the Saturday slate on part two here. Uh, now that I've gotten a chance to come over a couple of these games that I missed, I actually missed the third uh, third LPL series and the second LCK series this morning, as well as the uh, LC the first like game and a half of the LCS. I was kind of like working in the middle of it, so I didn't really catch them cleanly. I guess we'll start with the LPL. Um, Team WE get the clean two zero over uh, RNG, although, you know, game one was a pretty decisive win. I, I love this Darius counterpick to Cassante. I really don't know why we're not seeing it more often. It's even better now than it used to be with the, the changes to his ultimate. Uh, it's even better now. The idea being you can execute when he's when he's vulnerable, and um, Darius just tends to be really good against most melees anyway. Really don't know why we don't see it more often. I guess it's usually because compositionally you need other stuff than Darius, so you can't just always counterpick with it. But um, clean win from WE in game one. Game two was a really good start from WE. Uh, they cheese level one in the bot lane try, reading that RNG would walk in and face check. I got to be honest with you guys, this game two definitely looked. And look, I, 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 let me just state clearly here like i'm not a fixes in guy but like the reality is sometimes that shit does happen i don't think it's happening at the highest levels these guys make too much money but like this game was really suspect uh so what's his name uh i can't remember the the 80 carry for rng face checks bot try level one well it was the bottle it, it was both the support that went with them too um First of all, like before we even get into that, like they ended up getting killed there. Before we even get into that, he didn't take cleanse on Lucian against the TF comp, as well as other CC. Twisted Fate is like a fucking nightmare for Lucian. There's zero excuse for not taking cleanse, especially if you're playing Lucian Nami, because Nami's not going to rush a Mikhail's. Like she's going to rush Mandate. That's the entire purpose of playing Lucian Nami is is to abuse Imperial Mandate. So. You have to take cleanse. So that was already super suspect and just a critical mistake. And then he they face check level one. They give up first blood. Just a catastrophic start. And then after that, Lucian rushing static shiv from a deficit. Like, I get the concept of, like, okay, now you're not going to be able to safely wave clear. I, I kind of get it. But, like, the team had no damage. Like the team had no damage, and you're the early game damage. Like this, this isn't gonna work. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like I, I'm not accusing anybody of fixing anything, but th this just looked really suspect. And to be honest with you, like this, this RNG team, like I don't know if they were just like sending it game two. That this was really sus. And you know, I'll take it working in our favor in this instance. But like, man, like RNG don't appear to be a serious team right now. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with these guys, but there's something going on and it's not working and clearly they're getting frustrated. So yeah, that was that was WE getting the 2-0. Kind of just super suspect game two. Next so up we had LNG versus Ultra Prime. LNG absolutely shit stomped games one and games three, but as we've been seeing with the offside dynamic here, they lost a critical fight around the 20 minute mark in game two. Kind of blew the game open for Ultra Prime who closed that that game two out cleanly. 
very frustrating. All but those elite five teams are not able to consistently win on red side, and it's very frustrating. Even against bad teams, Ultra Prime are not good. But, yeah, I don't know. LNG, uh, this was close. Like It was a close fight, but they just lost it too not cleanly, and it allowed Ultra Prime to just blow the game open, and there was no recovering from it. So, what's to say other than that? EDG versus Rare Adam. EDG with a near-perfect game in Game 1. Uh, perfect kill participation from Vampire. 17 out of 17 kill participation on Rel, which is very impressive. Game 2, there was kind of a nice start for Rare Adam. It wasn't like a huge lead, but it was like a moderate lead. But right around the Baron spawn, they kind of bungled a setup for that, got picked off, and then they essentially lost the game off of it because it, it went like Baron into into just a huge gold swing after that. And, you know, realistically, like, they didn't have a huge gold lead, but they were probably like 70-30 to win this game the way it was going. But as we know with Rare Adam, they're just incapable of closing a game out, no matter if it's a big lead, small lead, whatever. They just suck, apparently. So, um Vampire had a good game in game two as well. Ended up with a 31 out of 33 total kill participation on the series um, on Rel and Nautilus. And, you know, notably the Nautilus was without a Senna too. So that's very impressive. Um, maybe this is what they saw in the kid when they plucked him from solo queue. I don't know. But whatever he had for breakfast this morning, they should feed it to him again because he looks good in this series. Oh, this might be more of an indication that maybe Chelsea ain't it. And maybe Rare Adam ain't it is the real takeaway here. So 2-0 for EDG there. Got that one home. That was a winning bet. Though we lost on our, um, we split the kill total over, or unders. So we ended up collecting, I think, like 17 cents net out of that. The dollar, I mean. LCK, Kwangdong, 2-1 win over Nongshim. Pretty competitive game one that kind of turned on the first Baron fight, which happened, it was pretty late first Baron. I think it was like 28, 30, 29, something like that. It was pretty late first Baron. Game two, uh... It was a little bit earlier. The really big turning point was the, I think it was the third Drake. It was like right around 19 minutes or so uh, that uh, Nongshim won a pretty critical fight there. They ended up flipping it into a Baron right, right on spawn more or less or close enough. And, you know, they kind of bungled the siege a little bit. It wasn't super clean, but they ultimately got it done. Game three was kind of one-way traffic from about the six-minute mark with Asvaris just dominating for Kwangdong, and that was that was it for that one. People can't let that lane through. It's too good. Um, nice to see Kwandan get off the schneid. Still wasn't the perfectly clean win you'd expect, but two of these wins are pretty clean. It was uh, much needed for a team that, that's been struggling of late. 2-1 Brion, not too much to say about this one. Uh, it was the swift 2-0 shit stomping from uh, uh, T1. Notably, owner was out, sick. Uh, we got to see Guan, uh, his LCK debut. First game was a 6-0 and 10 game on Viego. Must be the next coming of Bo, guys. Yeah, I'm kidding. I hope I hope everyone understands that joke. See what I did there? Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. I'm done with that. Game two is, you know, pretty one-way traffic as well. T1's a wagon. Brion or not, not much to say about that one. Moving on to recapping the LCS from Saturday evening. We had Shopify rebellion against Immortals. Pretty back-and-forth sloppy game here from both teams. Uh, wasn't pretty, but it was a you know hard-fought battle from both. I'll give them both credit for that. Uh, eventually, the lack of great ways to get into the back line ended up hurting Immortals, and Shopify were able to pick up an Elder and close this one out. It took a while, but they got there. Uh, Liquid versus Energy. We had Liquid on the money line here. Um, I liked the idea they had to counter center with Seraphine, but, uh, and I think that's something we'll probably start seeing more, especially with Tristana and Graves as options in Jungle and Solo Lane. But I also think that there's a chance, like, 
it's risky sometimes. Like if you the way Liquid set this up is they didn't have an AD carry, so they were running pure AP damage for the most part. And uh, if if you're gonna do that, you need to hold serve and close the game out before that matters. And they couldn't do that. Um, energy were able to keep it close early. Um, eventually, who he's Nautilus had like something stupid, it was like eight thousand effective health with all the shields and resistances and. It was insane, and he put he put the uh, Anathemus chains on the Azir, who was like literally the only person that could ever kill him, and uh, he was he was literally invincible in this game pretty much. They had there was a there was a, a section of this game around like the late thirty minute mark. It was like thir in the late thirties. It was like thirty nine minutes or something, where uh, Liquid had like a full five to seven seconds of like everybody DPSing Huhi, and it got him like a quarter of his health gone. Like, so, and, like, it was a mistake. Like, his team wasn't there to back him up, but they just couldn't kill him. So, and that's a support, by the way. It's not really a support because of Senna, but just to keep, you know, give some perspective to that. Um, f Similar problem Liquid had. It's, it's a little weird to me that, you know, if you're going to lean into the closing games early, I think you're better off, like, playing something like we're going to see in the next game. Uh, Cloud9 FlyQuest uh, had flea, had the Cloud9 money line, got that home. This was a decisive stomp. Um, they it was actually really impressive, like even more impressive because they managed to beat Karma, Varus, and Ash. They gave all three of them over. Super risky, not something I enjoyed. I thought about getting out of this in draft. You know that lane and Karma are just utterly broken, but um, you know they went underneath of it. They played the classic. Renekton Nidalee, I know people hate this, but it's a good combo, and Renekton got buffed recently. I think you're going to start maybe seeing him. Uh, well, he, he didn't get buffed, just there were other changes that, you know, indirectly changed him. So um, they wanted to play in Nidalee jungle. They played Renekton Nidalee as a dominant tempo-based topside. Uh, they didn't end up having to actually use that that much. Really, this just turned into Blabber and JoJo popping off, and they had the Nautilus with uh, Senna as backup but really this was just like blabber and jojo going crazy and they didn't even really need to utilize the renekton italy combo all that much um interesting to see though like i don't know if cloud and i want to play with fire but the fact that they were brazen enough to give over all those picks to the team that's been arguably the best team in the league over the last couple of weeks since they've been struggling shows me that i think cloud Nine might be back like john wick style i think i'm back right um the fact like seriously like giving that trio over to FlyQuest was brazen and arrogant, and they stomped them anyway, so maybe Cloud9's just back. Uh, Dignitas 100 Thieves, sort of a drawn-out game. Uh, it was more or less controlled, up like, end-to-end, wire-to-wire by 100 Thieves. This was probably their best game of the season. It took a little bit long to close, but it was mostly pretty clean. Um, you know, I've been thinking that they're maybe sort of a fraudulent team relative to their record, I and mean, this is a team that's, like, tied for first right now, which is nuts, but... You know, if they've this was their best game, best game grade of the split. If they've drastically improved coming out of the break, maybe they're actually good. I'm keeping an open mind to it, but um, still not sure what we're looking at here. Still think they should not be, they should not have the record that they have. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, that was it for the LCS today. So all right, moving on to Sunday night in the LCS, we have our first match is FlyQuest. Minus 166 on the money line against 100 Thieves at plus 136. FlyQuest 6-1 as favorites this season. 5-2 against kill spread. 100 Thieves are 3-3 three three as underdogs. 4-2 against kill spread. Notably 5-1 to the over. I'm going to touch more on that in a little bit here. 
Um, 100 Thieves had their single best game grade of the season yesterday. Uh, that's model game grade, not, you know, my personal judgment. Although I happen to agree in this case, I think it was probably their best game of 2024. I mentioned yesterday that, or I mentioned earlier in this show that on the recap that, um, I think it's possible that maybe, I mean, this is a pretty young team. Maybe they just are a lot better out of the break. Uh, maybe they just improved a lot. They have a lot more ground to cover. Um, you know, I kind of thought this team was fraudulent. I still think their record is definitely fraudulent. But at the same time, they have been pretty good. And if it's, you know, you have to keep an open mind that it's possible that they've just made, you know, the next step forward in their progression, right? Now, Dignitas are noticeably, you know, not as good as FlyQuest and Cloud9. So I think you have to keep that in mind here. This is a step up in competition. But I think, you know, you know, this is close. I think this price, if anything, I would lean toward the 100 Thieves side of things just because you have the upside of, you know, what if they are just really good off the break? We only have one sample, one game sample. It's tough to make any kind of adjustment or, you know, confident decision on that. But they, you know, if that's their best game grade and they are actually good and you want to be first to market or, you know, early on this, I think, you know, I would lean toward taking 100 Thieves over laying the money with FlyQuest here personally. But, um, you know, the numbers say that this is a pretty fair price. You know, uh, FlyQuest have the best, they still have the best agnostic economy. You know, it's them and Cloud9 are miles ahead of everybody else in agnostic economy right now. You know, and, you know, really the rest of the league outside of those two is not good. Like, not even average. Like, they're just not good. So, they're vulnerable. But, you know, that's not my favorite angle. I would lean 100 Thieves Moneyline if you made me pick a side. But my favorite play in this one is the over 26.5 kills at plus 115, which I played for one unit. Um, 100 Thieves are a dead nut over team. They are aggressive. They play a lot of melee champs. They are very, like, fear access or energy if you want to, you know, keep it in the league. A lot of um, just aggression. Like, they're going to trade. They're also kind of sloppy because they're young and kind of getting their feet under them. But they're confident and they are willing to scrap and fight with you. The lowest kill total in any 100 Thieves game this season is 24 kills, which happened three times. One of those was against FlyQuest, in a loss against FlyQuest. But um, I should note, like, their other games have been ridiculous. I mean, this is a team that's averaging, you know, .958 combined kills per minute, which is the highest in the four major regions. It's higher than many, that's higher than any of the European teams. They're hot. They're averaging 32.7 kill combined kills per game, which is like more than seven and a half kills over the league average. FlyQuest are the opposite. They are definitely an under team, but 100 Thieves have a way of pulling everybody into their style here so far. And, you know, I thought maybe that they were some kind of statistical aberration because these do come up once in a while where you get juked. And I thought maybe they'd be a little different out of the break and maybe... You know, they have a different read on the patch or something, and that might still be true. We only have one game. We don't really know. We're kind of flying blind here, but I think until the markets really adjust this upward a lot, like up another kill to like 27 and a half even money on both sides, you know, split esports even money, like minus 115 on both sides or whatever, um, I think just take overs and take alt overs, like with 100 Thieves. Until, until somebody shows that they can wrangle them up or that they are – changing and shifting and morphing into someone that's a little bit more I don't want to say like mature but less bloody on the rift or if they start playing compositions that are less so 
until they prove otherwise, I think just keep backing overs with them. I, I was going to do this yesterday, but I wanted to wait and see what their read on the patch was or, you know, how they if they'd look any different. They don't look any different. They look the same, but, you know, maybe slightly better. So over 26 and a half kills at plus 115 for one unit. Next up, we've got Energy versus Immortals. Energy minus 242 Immortals plus uh, 194 Immortals. Three and six as underdogs. Energy just four and three as favorites, despite being an average price of minus 222 on the money line. Not a good performance there. Um, they're even worse against the kill spread at two and five. This is another over spot. Uh, there's been like two rollover and die games from Immortals where they just got steamrolled and didn't even put up a fight. Outside of that, they've been an over team, uh, and they've had pretty high totals set too. They have their combined kills per minute isn't all that high, but they tend to play longer games. So, like, this is a team that it's probably going to trim back the other way. I'm playing the over in this match more because of energy than Immortals. Um, you know, it's weird. Neither of these teams are above the league average in combined kills per minute, but that league average is being way inflated by, like, two different teams here, mostly 100 Thieves. Um, I mostly, like, energy are still, like, a melee-heavy type of team. They are scrappy. They want to skirmish. That's what they're good at. It's what they're going to do. So... I mean, there's a chance energy just run them over, but I don't trust any of these NA teams outside of, like, Cloud9, really, to consistently steamroll anybody. So I think these kill totals, just in general, are a little bit too low. I also think 14-4 is a lot bloodier of a patch than what we saw before the break. Uh, you know, even with Senna, there's just more scrapping and more combat, more, you know, just big fights happening. Uh, and I don't think that's really going to change all that much. I don't want to draw too many conclusions from just one day of games in the LCS, but it doesn't seem like too much has changed, really. So um, I played the over 25.5 kills at plus 110 for one unit. This one I don't feel nearly as strongly about as the last one. I'm also going to play the Immortals, mon Immortals money line at plus 196. Plus, uh, 196. Can't speak today. Jeez. Plus 196 on the money line for a half unit. You know, I don't. This isn't a super strong conviction play. I just think this number is probably too big. You know, the models made energy a minus one sixty eight favorite. Model made this price like minus one sixty eight plus one thirty seven. So, this is a big price. I don't think Immortals are very good, but I I really don't think any of the NA teams outside of Cloud Nine and maybe FlyQuest are, are really all that good in general. So, anytime the prices start getting into this echelon, like I, I just don't think like anybody besides. Cloud9 and maybe FlyQuest deserve to be laying more than 200 against anybody. Like, none of these teams are good enough to consistently lay that kind of price in a best of one. So, it, it's not a full on blind back any dog in that kind of situation, but it's pretty close. And we're getting almost two to one on Immortals here. So, I'll take a shot. This, I might end up coming back and adding more to this if I, if I, can talk myself into it, but I'm going to leave it at a half unit for now. I might, I might end up staking some on the kill spread. I think it's six and a half kills. So for now, it's just a half, you know, the uh, money line at plus 196. Uh, check the Patreon if, um, for updates to see if I have anything more. Next up, we've got team liquid plus 116 against cloud nine minus 140. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably going to sound like a full on cloud nine Homer Stan, but I really think, like, that week and a half before the break was the most bizarre sequence of games I've ever seen from a team as good as Cloud9. Uh, they looked a lot better yesterday. They looked way more in character yesterday. They look like they're refreshed and clean and sharp and everything. It's only one game. You know, uh, maybe I'm just jumping too early here. 
this is just a bad matchup for Liquid. The last time these two played, it was like a literal six to one snooze fest win for Liquid, but that was like at the at the trough of what Cloud Nine like Cloud Nine's little struggle bus week and a half there. And yeah, I think in most cases, like this <laughs> this is a bad matchup for Liquid. Like Liquid are a team that throw games anyway. Cloud Nine are a good macro team. Cloud Nine are a team that can also just steamroll them early. And, you know, I think in a couple of weeks this is gonna look like a comical price. I'm I'm pretty heavily speculating here. I'm gonna go very, very, very aggressive on this. You don't have to go as aggressive as me. You can play the the Cloud Nine money line if you want, or just not tail this. You might think I'm just crazy and have a hard on for Cloud Nine or whatever, but like still everything I'm hearing is they're back, they're shit stomping, and that's what I was hearing before and I was wrong, and maybe I'll be wrong again. I'm gonna play two units, Cloud Nine minus five and a half kills at plus one ten. It's an alt kill spread, uh one rung up the ladder there. Alternatively you could play the money line. I, I just think like Cloud Nine are gonna shit stomp this team more often than not. This this is the one of this like, the Cloud Nine are like the one team that I think probably should be laying 200 in a lot of games and I think the only reason they're not is because we got that weird lull before the break and you know I'm I'm taking this as an opportunity to buy the dip and you know maybe I'm chasing losses here and I'm gonna look you know terrible but I I think Cloud9 are, are back and they're gonna you know look a lot better after the break they looked better yesterday albeit it was just one game so um here's hoping we'll see I don't know this is honestly more intuition than data like the data says cloud nine's minus 150 tl plus 124 which is like not too far off market like not enough to be a play this is just purely an intuition and qualitative adjustment here for me and you know gut handicapping if you will so if you don't want to buy that or you think i'm way way you know cloud nine colored glasses here then that's fine but uh i'm playing it it'll be in bookkeeping and that's what i'm doing so Next up, we have last match of the day on Sunday. Dignitas minus 122, Shopify Rebellion plus 101. These two teams, I just, I don't know. Like Shopify, I just haven't been able to pin down. I, As I mentioned yesterday, like I just can't get this team right. Dignitas, I still don't even know who they are. This is only the first game that Dignitas is going to be favored in, or the second game Dignitas are going to be favored in this season. Um, they've cleaned up some of the early game stuff. But, like, this isn't, I mean, <laughs> neither of these teams are good. We're talking, like, 1,600 agnostic economy teams here, or less. And I, I just, I don't know. The model made this minus 120 plus 100, which is pretty much dead on market. I, I still don't know what I'm looking at with this Dignitas team. I don't, you know, this team is interesting because, like, I don't think I've ever seen a team that I just don't know their identity and who they are yet more than like this far into a season like a couple weeks is one thing but like this far into a season this was the 10th game we've seen 10 games from this team and i i still have no idea what i'm looking at with dignitas i'm stumped so i'm not gonna sit here and try to i'm just gonna stay away like i have no idea for what it's worth dignitas's third best game grade this season was against shopify the first time there might be a there there but it's more than likely just single game volatility i i really I just don't have any idea what to think about this match. Um, you could probably play unders in this match, like time total adjacent unders, like uh, under four and a half dragons, under one and a half barons. Both these teams have been on the shorter end of average game times this season in this league, but it's mostly been because they're getting stomped, and that might not be the case when they're playing each other. So I, I got nothing in this match. Like <laughs> I have no, I have no clue. 
Uh, so pass on this one. No action there. That's going to be it. I'll be back later on today with a post for Monday, a podcast for the LPL Monday, and we'll recap all the Sunday action as well. I will see you later.